0: The Bitcoin Meister, the Disrupt Meister. Welcome to This Week in Bitcoin, super spreading Bitcoin 2022. Yeah, that's the Bitcoin 2022 conference here in Miami. Yes, I'm in Miami already. Strong hand, long term thinking. Bitcoin is the next Bitcoin. These guys are in motion. Oh, they've all got stories don't fomo on alts i'm offended by selling this is where the big boys play okay dudes it is the last day of freaking march oh god this is going to be the last show that i'm promoting the bitcoin 2022 conference here because it's a bitcoin 2022 conference is coming up dudes what a difference two years makes two years ago i was in la April Fool's Day, I was talking about the virus on this show, and YouTube got rid of my show. For, it just took me off there for two and a half months. Now I'm in Miami. I'm running yesterday. I see a Bitcoin 2022 car. Um, two years ago, uh, the, the conference was supposed to be in California. It had just canceled. Florida is a free place. California is still bonkers. I'm so happy to be here. I'm so happy to bring you the best freaking guest in the space, and we've got some wacky dudes here today. My lord, I've I brought together a, a, a crew of of wild things. <laughs> Kyle, he he's down in Austin. I mean, he rules that place. He's the Bitcoin freaking bum. He's got a, he's traveling around in a vehicle all over the United States. He'll be here. He's going to tell your his story to the world. Eric. He's got an awesome book out there. I was hanging out with him in uh, Oklahoma City. I met him at the freaking airport. We, we spoke at the uh, event last week in Oklahoma City where Kyle also spoke there. It was a beautiful event. Um, I mean, it, great dude. You, he's going to start this show off. This dude Paco is in freaking Africa, okay? He's from India. He's in Africa. He's traveled around Africa just on Bitcoin, Lightning. He knows all that stuff. He's I mean, there's a video of him that I retweeted last week. He's just running around Africa, Kenya or something, jumps on a Bitcoin bus. He's got stories to tell. But let's jump to the news of the week because it is this week in Bitcoin. And yeah, come to Miami. Use the Bitcoin, my my code, Adam10. It's linked to below. I'll give you the official promo later because I got to do that. They pay the bills around here. And speaking of paying the bills, I'm not doing another show until we can raise 34 more bucks. If I never raise 34 more bucks, we're never doing another show. I don't care. I've been doing these shows for so long. I'm just living my freaking life, dudes. Pound that like button. What was I going to say? Okay, so the news of the week. What was the biggest news? Well, on Tuesday, this dude (laughs) – you heard of him, Chris Larson, before. I don't give a dart about that. He he's so rich from owning Ripple. Good for him. If people want to buy that nonsense, I think they're insane. It's pre-printed nonsense. But hey, it's, it's got some freaks out there. But he's he's paying uh, along with Greenpeace and, and some other people out there. I don't know who the heck's funding this darn thing. Um, but it, it's the ultimate uh, proof of stake fund. It's saying, oh, we love the environment we're creating a campaign where we're gently nudging bitcoiners to encourage Bitcoin to to, to skip to become a, a proof of stake. you know right now of course Bitcoin is proof of work it, it made some headlines it is linked to below the and all three of these guests are linked to below by the way you got to check out their Twitters they're awesome but let me let me read you what this is called here and, and yeah it, it's kind of wacky that the Chris Larson is taking a uh, major role in this. Hey, Adam. Cleanupbitcoin.com. Clean up so the, the great Eric here, his take on this was a little bit different than everybody else's. Um, I want to re- uh, read it here. Uh, where is it? Uh, what was it? Proof-of-stake protocols will eventually be regulated as equity securities. I think the Bitcoin proof-of-stake narrative isn't about energy and is about this. So what he's saying is that there's some entities out there that just want uh, Bitcoin to switch to proof of stake so they get into this regulatory environment that all the other proof of stakes are going to end up in. That is taking it to a whole new level of thinking, dude. All right. Really. So um, we'll start out with you, dude. Tell us the story. What is going on with this Larson and uh, how big will this FUD be? And, and, And explain your take.
1: I, you know, I don't even really, like, follow all this stuff that closely. I just flip through the website, and I kind of understand proof of stake. And, you know, you you read quickly through the website, and you see very quickly that these guys, uh, they, you know, they don't know what the hell they're talking about. They don't know what they're talking about. And uh, they, you know, they, they they walk through a lot of these arguments, and um, it's, it's very high level. And when you get to the bottom of the page it's just like okay well there wasn't really a ton of time thought into this it's much more of a marketing ploy that's being used and um you know just i I think when you think about it from the lens of like okay what does proof of stake do proof of stake um compared to proof of work so proof of work is inherently more you know commodity like the way that it's structured it produces an asset that functions much more like a commodity whereas proof of stake is inherently more equity like and and all of these proof of stake protocols are eventually going to be regulated as equity securities. And that's a huge change for Ethereum when they move over to proof of stake, which they aren't even yet. Um, if they do that, then they're much more likely to be regulated. And the regulatory purview is going to expand over these in a very large way. Um, you know, all, all of these protocols are effectively prone to centralization. If you have money, you make more money, which is fine if you're structuring it like it's a company. And... Um, and these things are all just going to be regulated as companies. So when I think about what you know, why I I don't know enough about Ripple, I don't know enough about Chris Larson, I don't really care. Um, but if I hear big movements and people with vested interest to try to fork a network of very large value into something that's much more likely to be regulated, um, then that just tells me that. These people are trying to get it under regulatory purview in some sort of form. Um, and energy is just, just like any sort of political talking point, it's something that's a very easy scapegoat to point fingers at.
0: Yeah. So it, Ripple, uh, under your uh, prognosis for the future, if all uh, proof of stake and uh, all these uh, become regulated. Then, uh, yeah, Ripple will become regulated. So even the uh, playing field with, with Ripple, Ripple uh, Bitcoin will be in, in the same uh, freaking boat. Maybe he wants – maybe that's uh, – it's a very high level. I, I, like, I like your take on it. I, I really haven't heard that. For me, it's, it's, it's very simple here. Um, it, it's – the ESG narrative is the, the best way to attack Bitcoin right now. Um, Ripple is a competitor of Bitcoin. Of course, just attack it with ESG. Um, There's all these uh, green interests out there that just love to attack anything and spread the ESG narrative. So this is a this is fun. This is fun for these people to do whatever. A lot of people will jump, jump on board. I predicted uh, that eventually someone out there will take this ESG thing to the next level and just promote this narrative and fork a Bitcoin off to create an ESG Bitcoin, a proof of stake Bitcoin. And let them do that. I, I have no problem with that because the world will know that the real Bitcoin is proof of work. So I I don't have a problem with any of these dudes doing it. I think it's it's very interesting to analyze it and just to to put it all out there and to calm people down that it isn't the end of the world. Um they got a nice fancy website and it's Greenpeace. And, and there was a a lot of, because people don't already like Chris Larson in, in the space. There, there was a lot of negative feedback, so I don't think he was the best guy to to be their leader if he's going to be the leader. But we, we'll we'll see how it progresses. It, it made the news. It didn't affect the price or anything like that. Um, but but it's it's not going away, people. It is not going away. It is just getting bigger. And this was a, it did get bigger. This was a, a more it's more organized now. You can go visit the site. All right, so I, Kyle, I think. I-
2: yeah, I think the uh, the interesting thing, is, well, there's two things. Like one, to your point, go ahead and fork it, man. Like change the code. I don't give a shit. Like I'm like the the people who want to follow your new ESG Bitcoin, like they're free to go follow your ESG Bitcoin. And for those of us like myself and others that are just gonna keep following the the actual blockchain for Bitcoin, like you're go ahead. I don't really care. But to Another point, I think uh, my friend Super Testnet actually summed it up uh, in a way that I thoroughly enjoyed, which is like, doesn't Ripple have their own blockchain? Go change your own code, like I like, leave us alone.
0: Well, the thing is, he is very—he probably owns a lot of Bitcoin. At least I don't know if these other dudes that are part of the movement own a lot of Bitcoin. But if he owns, he is a very wealthy man. He probably owns a lot of Bitcoin. If he were to, you know, twist this around somehow to create an ESG Bitcoin. Well, then he would get all these free ESG bitcoins, and he could he could uh, dump them. He can't dump his Ripple as easily because I mean he's got a lot of Ripple, but that creates you know uncertainty in his you know in his Primo there and everything. So yeah, it's it's an interesting take. It, everybody wants to mind the big guy's business, okay? I mean that's what stakeholder capitalism is all about. All these people want to tell companies what to do when they don't even aren't even shareholders of the company. So that's what uh this is stakeholder Bitcoinism. People who don't are no corners, they want to tell Bitcoin what to do. And that's uh, we'll do with it. That's uh, that, that's the way the world is working today. Uh, yeah. Busy bodies everywhere. Klaus Schwab and uh, all those. They want to deal with stuff they don't have no. They own no part of it, they, but they're stakeholders. Anyone can twist themselves around to be a stakeholder in freaking anything. All right. So Paco. I don't know if you care about this stuff. You've got some. I mean, you've got real world stuff to to, to worry about. <laughs> I mean, do you care about the, the green narrative? And I mean, you care about uh, you know getting by in life, spreading spreading the Bitcoin word. So I don't know if you have any, any thoughts on that. Uh, on that story, or even care at all. The website looks
3: really beautiful. All right, it makes you read <laughs> till the end. You're just like, wait a minute. There is something down there for the Bitcoiners until you reach to the bottom and you again, scroll back to the top and then you look back to your Bitcoin maxi friend to the right. I'm like, Hey, bro, have you heard about this? Did you hear Adam Meister is talking about this now? And then he was like, what's Adam Meister going to talk about this? What's happening? And then we are like, okay, this is, I, I, I always, I, I always just talk to everybody who talks about green energy is like be humans made plastic and then we found a solution to plastic so good luck with that because we are doing pretty good and I think so it's the it is necessary in my journey at least I feel proof of work is necessary because in my purely I keep on doing this day in day out and it keeps on getting the traction so I think so you as your as your father would give you pocket money for just being good to you so it's a proof of work so
0: so I I I uh, was stressing that you pointed out here um, if there's a problem with the environment, innovation will figure it out. The human species, the human beings, we come up with all sorts of freaking innovation. All right. Um, we, we don't need the government to force. Uh, when the government gets involved, you, you don't innovate. It, it slows down innovation. All right. I think we've uh, I, I don't Oh, And people in the audience, you can do a super chat. Of course, if you've got questions our thoughts about, I mean, people love the, the, the ripple and ripple and, and everything. And this just, uh, puts it in a whole new light. Do you, uh, real, real quick here, Paco, did you ever hear about ripple, um, in your part of the world?
3: yeah the it's called xrp army i came across an xrp army guy in <laughs> cambodia and he was just telling me how xrp is going to go big and he was sitting with a bsv guy and i was like <laughs> oh my god how do you guys find each other The mixers find each other and i was just there and i'm like all right in the end i ended up paying for my bill with bitcoin and i'm like all right you take it up in japan we'll take it over all around the
0: things <laughs> you know, one of the things, that, one of the things that people say is that you know it's uh it's small and fast and whatever you're using Lightning Network. So t- tell us what you're doing. I- I- I'm sure everyone's <laughs> curious, like who-, who is this guy? Uh, yeah. he- he's traveling around freaking Africa and in- in- from India. So t- tell us your story real
3: quick. Uh, I guess. Namaste everyone. My name is Marco. I'm from India and I'm traveling 40 countries in 400 days by just using Bitcoin. The purpose of the journey is to show there is mass adoption and mass awareness and to show through my daily blogs that humans are really kind. Uh, I'm currently in Kenya. This is the eighth country and so far it's going good. There is a huge adoption. People are really, really, they are mostly traders I've come across who have these Binance wallets and Coinbase wallets, but they know what Bitcoin is to the extent of making money period. So what I end up doing is I end up hosting Bitcoin meetups. So currently, just today, I was just hosting a Bitcoin in Mombasa uh, Technical University. So I tell them about what Bitcoin really is and what's the philosophy behind it. Thanks to definitely Saifuddin Amos for the Bitcoin standard that really, you know, once you see it, you can't unsee it. So this is what I'm currently doing. Yeah. Dude,
0: how many Bitcoin meetups have you uh, st- had in Africa?
3: Uh, Africa this is the this is the first one I've got two more lined up I'll be having another 20. I've done so far 41 meetups I guess yeah around
1: badass Four.
0: dude yeah. dude yeah yeah you are like breaking records all over Africa um I've been in this so long <laughs> I've been I got my first two Bitcoin in 2013. I mean I I went to South Africa for a Bitcoin conference in uh 2015 and so many people just since even then, i like, Africa is the future. Africa is the future of Bitcoin. It takes a while. It takes guys like you. <laughs> that, I want mean, to I share now. something.
3: I'm going to share something with you. This is really awesome. So while you send me that green piece thingy, I was sitting with someone called Bitcoin Matani. What he's doing is he is making educational content in five African languages. Bitcoin. He's a Bitcoin maxi. He is supported by Galois Money, and this is how he's going forward. And I got connected to these little pockets of Bitcoiners who are trying something like Bitcoin Beach in Senegal, Ghana, Nigeria, South Africa, Zambia, Mozambique. Yeah, there are all these little little pockets.
0: Whoa, yeah. whoa, whoa, whoa! whoa. <laughs> this is breaking news. Insider information. You say there's going to be, you know, people trying. Uh, do they have their Bitcoin beaches yet, or are they just? No, they have
3: it. It's it's on it. Like I can give you those. I can give you those. I can give you those accounts, Twitter accounts, and you can just be like, "What the fuck?" Well, well, dude,
0: (laughs) follow Follow his link to below. Okay, run with Bitcoin. Is why do you call yourself? Do you run also? Do you jog?
3: Yeah, yeah, I run. I run because I always feel the sweat is the best drug in the world. So if I take something from the Bitcoin world, I share something from my side. Is like running. Otherwise, you're just on the computer all day. You know. (laughs)
0: <laughs> this dude is good this dude is spiritual this dude is physical i mean I, I i love running too but you've got i mean every you should be on some other shows dude uh i mean i i didn't you've got some insider information there i mean because, because here in in our side of the world everybody makes such a big deal about bitcoin beach and it is it's, it's big it's big but it, i mean if they were to do that in africa in, in senegal you're saying senegal i've never heard senegal even mentioned with bitcoin dude that's a pretty hardcore country, man. That's a Senegal is a Muslim country, isn't it? I mean, that, yeah, that's yeah, yeah. Uh, whoa, dude. It is uh, like
3: Bitcoin is the most halal money in the world. So every time any Muslim meets me, yeah, it's like true. Yeah.
0: Sayfaddin actually had a, a tweet thread about that. But you
3: tourism to a,
0: to a beach in Senegal, I, I'm I'm no expert on that at all. Um, and, and that's you're bringing a unique. And where did you grow up in India?
3: Uh, I grew up in Oman, though. Uh, that's next to Dubai. So I grew up in a Muslim country. Oh, yeah, I thought that's... you grew
0: up in India. You said. I thought you. No, said I, I'm born.
3: I'm born. I'm born in India. Born. I Indian passport. Oh, okay. Like, yeah,
0: yeah,
3: okay, so yeah, you're from Oman. Okay.
0: Uh, all right. I know Oman. Yes, uh, Oman is. Yeah, I I know where that I do, but a lot of yeah. people oh, All right, all right. You, you are doing so. Some... I'm learning a lot here, as you can <laughs> tell. I'm, I'm learning as I talk to you. Do, do do the other panel members have any any questions? uh for Paco here all right all right no, no no other questions from the panel members all right dude so t- t- again Paco uh you're don't worry you're, you're sticking around but I wanted to give you uh just a you know a, a just is it, you're doing something very special there and uh it's it, we call you a unique beast here on, on the show so uh any uh during your so wait how many days are like 100 days right and how many days are left
3: another 200 to go I've done really? one. and yeah, you're done. using
0: like and you you have you taught some of the people who use the lightning network
3: and have you did oh answer? yes oh yes I, I was sitting with a billionaire's table there was a bad, bad big boy billionaires of Kenya and I was trying to tell them about Bitcoin and I said them I said one of the guys a lightning wallet and I showed him check this out we just exchanged some sats and then he didn't buy it then he was like all right cool yeah whatever and then they started questioning everything because they have lived in fiat standard all their life. But I end up starting, I, I, I think so, I would have opened around 100 or 150 blue wallets, moon wallets, wallet of satoshis for random people from train rides to drivers to COVID tests to haircuts. I like, I, I, I feel, because i tell you why I'm doing this is because it's not my Bitcoin. I, I get this Bitcoin from the community to spread it around. So if, if it has to be hodled, you're doing a pretty good job hodling it. I get it to share it around to do the adoption and to share with people. Yes, you can buy a flaffle for Bitcoin or you can get yourself a pub crawl in Cambodia for Bitcoin or you're in Kenya. You can go for your Masai Mara Safari for Bitcoin. So I just showing to people there are these use cases. It is just not only about making money. So thank you all. Right.
0: all. And, and, and so one of my questions, you're using lightning, you're spending lightning, uh, but and I'm sure you get some negative feedback. I don't want to deal with Bitcoin what is the take on the United States dollar this is going to be a segue to another subject here. um is the dollar during my travels the dollar is just people want the dollar people want the dollar yeah so do people still want your dollars do they is that oh.
3: still,
0: would you say it's still number oh. One
3: oh yeah oh yeah definitely dollar still prevails like like everybody loves their dollars from Sri Lanka the country is plummeted it's done Nigeria is done. They have like it's you know ruck pull you're talking about. It's these countries are facing literal ruck pulls, 12 hour power cuts and all. And they will accept anything for dollar. They do not want their local currency. Cambodia is dollars. Uh, Sri Lanka is dollars. Kenya they would prefer your dollars. Everything they would really love your dollars. But until until you give them some bitcoin. Like when you give somebody a fraction of as low as five dollars of bitcoin, and then they are like, oh wow, is it possible? wasn't it expensive did you give me the real one? Oh my god but when you do the non kyc wallet like a blue wallet or a moon wallet and then they're like oh wait he didn't do anything and he just gave me some bitcoin and people like it's like if you gave somebody a toy they'll play with it right and this is what is happening people are not sharing it is just hodling and hodling and hodling it's a use case scenario when you start using it you'll be just surprised to see like wow you can like people love you <laughs>
0: Yeah. Okay. So, what I asked you that dollar question. We're going to move on to Eric because the thing is, Paco, I, I, you know, you're having fun over there, but in the mainstream, uh, well, in the the realm that I travel in on Twitter, and uh, you know, people talking about this, everything that's going on in the Ukraine. All these people are saying we're entering a new world order. The dollar has gone down the toilet. Blah blah blah. Russia, China are going to unite and use the yuan. The yuan. This dude is traveling around. The people want the dollar? I have been saying this for so long. You people who think the dollar is going away because of Russia, 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 or Ukraine, or this, that, and the other, dude, come on. It just doesn't switch overnight. Some people are such <laughs> self eating Americans. They they want to see the well. There are a lot of people outside the United States that just want the dollar supremacy to go away. It's not going away anytime soon dudes people want that dollar more than their trashy african or asian or whatever south american currencies all right the dollar is a brand the dollar ain't going away and yes it is awesome that you know people are being taught lightning and all and, and bitcoin That's stuff's hard i mean it, it, it's it takes you know a dude traveling around freaking africa like that so eric ha- has a tweet out there while bitcoin is entering the geopolitical main stage it's important not to be naive about your near-term expectations. The dollar is a deeply entrenched system. A lot of people think this is the suddenly moment. I still think we're in gradually. So take it away, Eric. Uh, what's up with the dollar? What's up with uh, Bitcoin becoming the world reserve currency in 20 years, 50 years, 100 years? Okay. <laughs> take it. Eric. All
1: right. So this is this is a complicated one. Um I, I think a good way to break it down is starting with what money is and there's three primary functions of money, store of value, medium of exchange, and union of account. And then if you think about this concept of like what global reserves are, how we denominate foreign uh, transactions, foreign volume, all these different concepts that people try to measure how dominant the dollar is within the economy, if you kind of think about, The purpose of currencies within these three functions, and you apply it to those areas, I think it may, things start to make a bit more sense. So, if you want to have something that is a good store of value, then that would be something that you would have in your foreign reserves. And, you know, we have seen that the dollar is very dominant within that category, but it has been losing a deep amount of dominance over time. So there's, it was in 2000, it was around 71% dominance, and that declined all the way to 60% by 2021 Q4. Um, So that's a pretty material decline. And you know, a lot of that can be attributed to the Euro. So, we, you know, in terms of like foreign reserves, we have dollar, we have Euro, we got pound, we've got uh, Japanese yen. Those are like the, the four big ones. Technically the Chinese Yuan is classified in there, but it's a very small percent. It's like two and a half percent. And then you have all these other currencies that are used in this big group of, um, you know, emerging markets or developed economies that just have smaller, um, you know, presence of their currency globally. Um, so what you notice is that that dollar decline in reserves that we've seen over the past you know 22 years, that has largely been made up for in all these very, very small reserve currencies. Not much has changed within the euro and some of the more dominant ones. And what we're seeing really, what that's an argument for is not really that the dollar is losing a ton of traction, but it's that the world's getting more dispersed people are starting on the edge to use different things and there's a lot more turnover we're seeing in terms of the reserve status of currencies in that area you see a similar trend if you look at transaction volume of all these different foreign currencies um, and we're seeing this dispersion into what a lot of people in the space are calling uh, you know multi multipolarity' Politics are getting spread. We're getting different systems. There's different people that are rising up. Um, and I think that's probably a trend that I think the numbers are backing when it comes from like a monetary perspective is we are starting to see a lot more division. And while there's not some major crash of the dollar, um, we're starting to see a lot of other economies opt into alternative sources. And that's important um, because you know when you think about what makes something a good medium of exchange and you look at, at all of these, uh, you know, all these economies that are, you know, use a a very high proportion of their spending is in remittances, and particularly when your domestic currency is, um, you know, something that isn't the dollar or the pound or one of these primary reserves, that means that there's a lot more intermediaries between you when you're doing international payments, which makes your transactions a lot more expensive. So there's there's major demand for alternative systems and more efficient payment rails from that perspective. So I think that there's a strong argument that the world's starting to spread more into this multipolar system. The U.S. is losing a bit of its political dominance. And that is one of the big arguments is that if they lose their political dominance, then maybe China and Russia team up, yada, yada, yada. I'm not going to go into the geopolitics. Um, It's not super important. What's important to understand is that there is evidently division that's occurring and that adoption we're starting to see is coming from other Alternatives, and I think that that opens up a really compelling argument for what's happening with Bitcoin, um, because when you look at that, when I'm talking about China, Russia, and then all these other, you know, other currencies that are being used as reserves, that's an incredibly large market. So, like, if you think about the market for foreign reserves, it's like a sixteen and a half trillion dollar market. Um, China, Russia, all those other currencies, those are about 12 and a half trillion of foreign reserves. They have very, that's a very large market of foreign reserves. So when we think about all the incentives and all the turnover and all the disbursement that's occurring within that group, um, adoption of Bitcoin in a very small allocation, I think, makes sense in a gradual sense. So I think that a lot of them, their central banks are going to be saying, okay, we all have seen what these economic sanctions have done to Russia. Um, and obviously, Russia and China are going to be considering opting into other areas. And obviously, Russia has announced that it's going to be accepting Bitcoin in some form. Um, so that's big. And we already kind of know that. But what I think when we saw the signaling to all of these other economies that are all subject to the you know, financial infrastructure of the US, They're all thinking to themselves, okay, now I need to rethink, number one, what type of financial infrastructure I'm using. And then number two, they're also rethinking the type of money that they're using. Because when they saw these sanctions occur, they're like, okay, all this fiat money can be seized. You know, Russia had uh, 630 billion in reserves. They seized about 300 billion of it. And it's things like gold and harder money that people are starting to go back towards. So we're kind of seeing also, I'd say the broadest trend is this you know, decrease in trust within the system. People are trusting less, they're trusting credit less, and we're starting to move back towards commodity money. That's an incredibly favorable trend towards Bitcoin. I think big gold is gonna be a primary winner of that, but I think Bitcoin is gonna be capturing a large market of that. And then the trend of wanting to have alternative payment rails, that's gonna be another huge piece. And I think when you consider the size of all of these smaller economies aggregated around the world, that's a huge market. It's the majority of the market, and that's really compelling for Bitcoin. And even if we get a small form of adoption, that's a huge story.
0: So uh, yeah, I you know if Russia and China team up, they create some miracle CBDC. It's still confiscatable. So uh, you're you know you're not really you're switching from one fiat to the other. The United, the dollar is still the best fiat out there is is one of my conclusions. Okay, uh, thought of. But, but by the the, the masses I, I i think and what the masses have to realize is that they've got to have a paradigm shift to get shift to get into something that is unconstantable that isn't going to be a cbdc that isn't going to be some fiat printed out to infinity type of thing but i i do want to say we have stable coins out there these are not you know stable coins are not government uh, right now you know things like tether from what i have heard 99 percent of the stable coins in existence are uh based around the dollar I mean that's that's the uh private market that's the that's real people speaking what they think about the fiat situation and I think that's that speaks loud and clear about the dollar dominance at least on a uh on on a, on a on a fiat you know versus fiat level and I just wonder how you know, you know what happened in Canada. What is it going to take for people to really realize they cannot store their value in uh, fiat currencies because they they are used to the system. The system is is hard to break away from, and uh, the dollar is king of that system. I just I just want to stress that again that uh, you know, Russia and China ain't uh, overtaking the, the dollar in terms of the what the current fiat system in my, in my opinion. So, uh, yeah, Kyle, what's your take on dollar dominance and everything we've been talking about?
2: I think the conversation around a, a lot of these like giant superpowers and the kind of financial infrastructure, uh, as far as kind of like explaining to the average person who has yet to kind of really take a dive down the rabbit hole or, uh, to even particularly like see the the kind of broken nature of the system in, in places like the US where it's obviously kind of still most clearly favorable to be holding all of your value inside of dollars as like uh, the financial infrastructures benefited us well here. The narrative that I've been kind of seeing most effective at kind of communicating the value of Bitcoin is to kind of like get outside of the the technical stuff to get outside of the geopolitical stuff and just literally get down to human value right so what what is money if we talk about what is money the way i've been looking at it is money is literally my life's energy stored in a tool that is supposed to be most representative of my energy like my time my resources my energy put into a tool that is understandable amongst everyone else for what my value represents. And, uh, that's kind of been working a lot. Like this whole idea that one equals one, and that's kind of the system that makes Bitcoin's value proposition work is that like mathematics doesn't seem fallible. I always tell people, I joke, I'm like, I'm open-minded enough that maybe like some place way out in the future we evolve to like a species that's so intelligent we realize one doesn't actually equal one uh but for right now it seems very likely that one will equal one forever and uh if we can build a foundational value system on top of that everything on top of it is just that much more effective because unfortunately what we're in now is a value system that someone else controls it's it's human versus mathematics, right? And I don't know any human being I've ever met that is like less fallible than mathematics. So I've just been trying to touch on this idea that the value system is really what's important here. It's like, forget all the geopolitics, forget all the technicals about how it works. Let's just break down what the value proposition of Bitcoin is and the value proposition is that it's just based on truth and it's verifiable truth, so people seem to get that it's pretty simple
0: it's the security truth machine pound that like button well you gave yourself a good segue to explain what you were doing in Austin and traveling around and everything because you broke down how you know you you're you're not technically trying to explain it to people you're, you're trying to get, get a one-on-one situation that they, they can relate to and everything so you are spreading the Bitcoin world word all over the the, the U.S. and uh, tell, tell us your story
2: yeah. I mean, where to begin? I, uh, I've been around, I kind of got my introduction to Bitcoin in 2016, late 2016. It was just a little bit of an introduction. It was like not enough where I got skin in the game or really even started to research it. It was just like, that sounds interesting. And over the next four years, I kind of did my stint around the world. I did some traveling across the US. I did a year backpacking around the world. And everywhere I went, I'd run into somebody just randomly that would be like a little conversation about Bitcoin that would turn into two hours, three hours, five hours long. It's like a professor in San Francisco, uh, a hostel owner in Romania, uh, a a business major, just like traveling the world as well. And and every single one of these conversations started to add this like philosophical, philosophical depth to my kind of understanding of what Bitcoin was. The pandemic hit. Uh, in 2020. And I watched all of my friends just start doing crazy shit with money. Uh, And I started trying to tell them, like, guys, I don't know everything there is to know about Bitcoin, but I know that this is the exact moment it was built for. You should probably buy some. Uh, And I started looking more heavily into it myself late 2020, when I actually finished building out the, the FedEx truck Uh, that I turned into a tiny off-grid house that I currently live in. Once I finished building that, I came into a small inheritance. I dumped it into Bitcoin and Tesla. I dove full into like the markets versus Bitcoin. And it was about six months from there until I realized that the whole thing in the fiat realm was a disaster. It was all fake. I sold my Tesla up, dumped it into Bitcoin and a couple of Ethereum tokens And uh, I held three Ethereum tokens for three weeks before I realized that all of the rest of crypto was just as much a scam and broken. It was basically fiat. So I sold those three Ethereum tokens and then I moved everything I had left into Bitcoin. Uh, Shortly after that, I, I heard whispers in the wind about this scene that was kind of taking place in Austin. So I came to check it out. I showed up at my first BitDevs meetup at Unchained Capital. 125 Bitcoiners in a room with no masks uh, earlier in the pandemic. And I was just like, okay, I live here now. And I never left. And shortly after arriving, it became apparent to me that I I needed more than just the technical meetups that were happening at BitDevs. I wanted more social, more often. So we launched the Austin Bitcoin Club, uh, basically a place where Bitcoiners could just get together, eat tacos, drink beer and kick it with other Bitcoiners. That kind of got me plugged into a community that basically told me what they wanted. And the recurring themes very early were, we want to get developers together. So I took that idea, I started running with it. And from that thought process came Pleb Lab, which is our attempt at basically bootstrapping uh, a Pleb-built, Pleb-driven uh, Bitcoin Lightning Accelerator program here in Austin.
0: Dude, Lightning, dude, you bring it. And you, I I believe at the event in Oklahoma City, you're anti-toxicity, right?
2: I'm not anti-toxicity. I I have been trying to work through this narrative, but I think there was a core group of people who were aggressive in the need for – the building of the security model for Bitcoin for many, many years, right? And some of those guys were the original toxic maximalists, if you will. The thing that I'm anti is what's kind of come from that is what we used to have was this core group of people who were toxic, and yet articulate. And what we've kind of moved into is a handful of really vocal people, especially online, that have taken that kind of that toxic maximalism that was articulate and they've moved towards toxic maximalism that has no articulation at all they're not talking about the ideals that were articulated over here they're just parroting like this hyper aggressive narrative of like fuck you sorry just like don't literally it's just nonsense there's there's no actual depth of conversation around why the security and the privacy models are all necessary and a valid and like necessary part of the Bitcoin ecosystem. So what I'm trying to get at recently is that like, uh, what what I see as a big challenge since starting Lab in, in particular is that we aren't really seeing this tsunami of lightning projects that a lot of us really thought was coming. and, i think the challenge is that we have a really bad marketing and like network problem we, we are literally so aggressive especially online where most people are getting plugged into the the crypto space and like trying to find information that we're pushing people away we have all of these people who are maybe curious about what bitcoin is and what lightning is and they show up and we're basically like, get out of here. You looked at the word Ethereum on a computer screen today. And, uh, that's really not a great approach. We've all been through our kind of shitcoin phase, right? And we should meet people where they are. Not everybody needs to be a 100% maximalist the day that they arrive. So I think we need to kind of have a little conversation amongst ourselves about the, the cultural rebranding and, and how we approach people who are not fully in because all the purists are here, dude, they're all here. And the the kind of interface that's now reaching out to the kind of non-full Bitcoiner community, a lot of that community is just like aggressively attacking people, and it's not doing us any favors.
0: You looked at Ethereum's word today. You are—it's the Bitcoin Inquisition. That's that's what I call it—the Bitcoin Inquisition. Well, you are awesome, living out of a FedEx. I mean,
1: yeah. Tell it, me about that truck. Yeah. Tell me. How about the did you truck, do that? Bitcoin. So
2: when I moved to California in 2016, I left in like a little Ford E350, threw like a mattress on the floor, built a bookshelf, took my dog and hit California. When I got back from my year abroad, uh, I had given that vehicle away. It was broken down. Uh, It's actually the pinned tweet on my Twitter page is like, it talks about like, we're coming up on three years now, but like three years ago. I got back from my trip abroad and I was living in that broken down van parked behind a company I had used to work for in a tweaker neighborhood next to a dumpster filled with dog shit. And uh, I was like, this is definitely not going to work. So I got plugged back into San Francisco. I got plugged back into like a monetary kind of system, saved up some money, and uh, I bought a FedEx truck. It was uh, a 14-foot cab FedEx truck. I had it for three months and was like slowly working on it when the pandemic hit. And I was at the time, I was kind of plugged into a 16 person community that I kind of built uh, out in San Francisco. Even before Bitcoin, community was kind of my thing. I'd say over the last five or six years, I, I have really kind of taken on uh, a lifestyle that is uh, a community activist, really. Like, I, I don't believe there's much more that's more powerful than community. So, three months in, I get this FedEx truck, the pandemic hits, my whole van life community kind of uproots out of San Francisco, and I no longer had access to like a school with a shower and like locker rooms and like all of the resources that came with like a functioning city. So I got hyper aggressive with building out the van. I ended up with a full size shower, a full size fridge, freezer, got 18 solar panels up on the roof. Um, and I just kind of pulled from my friend's experience. A bunch of them had done several different build outs of uh, van lifing vehicles out in San Francisco. So uh, at this point, it's just a fully off grid, fully functioning 14 foot cab FedEx truck. It's, it's a very small studio apartment, if you will. That's
0: awesome. That's so and that,
1: cool.
0: And that's why you got the name Bitcoin Bum at first because you were kind of, is that how it came about? You were,
1: you were yeah. like a bum, quote unquote.
2: Yeah. Well, the idea was that the idea was that twofold, like one, I have actually lived like a bum. I lived in a broken down van in a tweaker neighborhood next to a dumpster filled with dog shit. And the second side of that coin is like a bum can also be somebody who spends an inordinate amount of time on one subject, right? Like a ski bum. Well, I am a Bitcoin bum. I spend an inordinate amount of time hyper focused on this one thing, which is Bitcoin. So it's twofold.
0: Dude, it will be great to see you again. Maybe I'll see the truck in my. We'll talk about what you're doing in Miami. And dude, Austin is on fire. I guess at the end of the show, you could talk more about Austin too. I mean, or Texas is on fire. Florida is on fire in terms of Bitcoin. It is, it's great in these states. Well, is California losing out? Um, again, two years ago, things were so much different before all this nonsense started. And uh, Florida, Texas, the people that make up those uh, places and move there have, have really stepped up. I'm so pumped. I'm so pumped for the event. Use it. Adam 10 discount code. And by the way, dudes, we we Oklahoma City, we did well in. Bitcoin Day is having an event in Sioux Falls, South Dakota. Yeah, I'll be speaking there May 21st. That is linked to below. But if we're talking about bums, let's talk about the president of the United States real quick here. He is uh, a guys <laughs> of five, a $5 billion dollar 2023 revenue. Uh, okay, he wants to tax everybody. It seems like, you know, he's got this budget. He want, he's he got some plan. To, some, it's not going to get approved, but it, a, a way to uh, tax unrealized uh, capital gains, it, that'll fail. But one aspect of his uh, targeting of, of Bitcoin people or crypto people, whatever you want to call them, Uncle Sam seeks to increase revenue by requiring United States residents to report any holdings in offshore accounts above $50,000. So for all you jackals out there that keep your bitcoin on um, on foreign exchanges because you got to flip it and do all this stuff and you have they're finding out about it, okay? That is they're they're going to be able to get I mean I thought they'd already be able to get you for, for that. And for me this story about Biden and everybody wanting to to figure out ways to steal money from Bitcoiners and and unrealized capital gains. I mean, it's expected, but there's certain things you can do, people. Why are you keeping your money on a foreign exchange to just flip it, to play some games, to buy a Cardano? Just if you keep it on a Trezor, you don't have to worry about any of this nonsense, okay? Okay. This is a serious, serious issue. Okay, eventually, the, some of these countries, their dream, their their dream in terms of a the t- taxing uh, Bitcoin, is to make uh, you know hardware wallets illegal. That's not happening. Okay, you're always going to be able to have a hardware wallet. You're always going to have, you're always going to be able to control your private key. But the CUCKs out there, they just rely on these third parties. You're gonna get what you deserve, okay? All right, all right. They are it is it you it's an easy target to come up with ways of taxing your uh and, and stealing from the government stealing from you if you're if you're keeping your Bitcoin on a third party exchange, whether it be in the United States, it's super easy. But I mean, again, this uh well, you're you're keeping it in a foreign country, we get to tax you at an even higher rate. So I don't know uh, if you heard about this at all, panel. Uh, Eric, do you, any thoughts on this?
1: I have not read into details of it, so I I, I can't really opine yet. All right, yeah, it's good. I
2: just you. Oh, yes. I have Continue. a question. I have a question. Is is Trezor like – is that like a French version of like a Trezor? Is that a- –
0: <laughs> It's the way people from Baltimore pronounce it, baby, because oh. i got an accent up <laughs> the yin-yang. It's not going away despite being well off and having the best education money can buy. From generation to generation, the Meisters still have their working-class Baltimore
1: accent. <laughs> Tell
0: that like button,
1: baby. I'm representing
0: Baltimore wherever I go. 1983 World Champion Baltimore Orioles. All right, let's uh, let's take this to the next level. People, do not keep the, the don't, don't keep your party. Keep your money on exchange. Don't keep your Bitcoin on there. They're coming up with create all sorts of creative ways here. Uh, all right, let's, uh, let's talk about, uh, Eric, your book, you were promoing it. Tell us all about your book, how people can get it and everything.
1: All right, Meister. Um, yeah, you can get it on Amazon. And just a quick overview. I, so I come from like a financial background, economics background. And when I was getting into this space, there wasn't really the literature out there that I thought really put together the right um, perspective particularly for people who like to think about Bitcoin from that framework and and just in general, I, w- I wanted to write something that was, you know, the book that I'd wish I'd been given when I kind of first started off and it covers money, it covers how our banking system works, it covers how Bitcoin works at a bit more technical level than average, which I think is really important, especially if you want to come work in this space or get really involved and um, and then I like to I like to keep it pretty measured. So I like to talk about a lot of the criticisms of Bitcoin in the book and discuss which ones are valid, which ones aren't, um, and why that is. And you know, generally, most popular criticism they're the result of a lack of like fundamental understanding and how Bitcoin works. Um, but there are valid criticisms, and a lot of those I think. Can be resolved by long-term growth in the protocol, or there's just a lot of uncertainty about the future and some of the incentives that Bitcoin will provide and how that'll ultimately change. Um, so that, that, that's pretty much it. You can get it on Amazon. You can follow me on Twitter at Eric Yakes E R I C Y A K E S. And uh, you know, I like to talk about you know, I talk about serious stuff. Adam referred to me as an academic earlier, so I'm going to start lowering the vocab a bit if that's the direction I'm going. I try to make things as simple as I can um, and not, you know, I think brevity is the best way to communicate. And I also like to tell jokes and I kind of troll a little bit. So tell people the name of the book, man. Oh, yeah. The Seventh Property. That's the name of it.
0: All right. Now follow him on Twitter to be able to find out all the stuff. What are you going to be doing in Miami?
1: Oh, I'm going to be partying big time. Um, oh, I'm doing a book Ooh. signing on Thursday, and that will be at 11 a.m. Thursday. It's in the bazaar is all I know right now. I'll be tweeting out details later. So if you're interested in the book, come meet me in Miami. Come get it, and I'll sign it for you. All right. And uh,
0: do you expect uh, expect price controls in the United States anytime soon since we were talking about the bum beforehand?
1: Yeah, but, absolutely.
0: But, oh, you really think we're going to –
1: well, the thing is, is we already have them, you know, we already do have price controls uh, in, in a variety of different ways at a federal and state level. I think what a lot of people mean is, are there going to be like broad sweeping federal level price controls implemented on major markets like commodities and things like that? Um, I I think that we'll probably get to that point. Yeah.
0: My Lord. My oh, God. Yeah, that's, that's, they, they, they don't learn their lessons. I mean, I don't well hopefully it, it it can be delayed so long we'll have a new uh, federal uh, leader that that won't go down that path uh, that, that that's my hope um all right uh and speaking of my and, and Bukele, uh speaking of leaders is speaking at uh at bitcoin 2022 I'm, I'm sure you're very excited about this uh Kyle i know i am uh well sort of and uh has he lost his mind, by the way? I, I, I want you, you guys all see him on uh, social media. Has he taken it too far, the president of El Salvador?
2: I, uh, To be honest, I, I'm, I'm honored to be on like such an amazing list of people speaking at Bitcoin Conference, but on like a global macro stage, I don't pay attention to much of anything these days. I I'm a pretty firm believer that what Bitcoin is doing is creating a hyper localized hyper decentralized model and I really do believe that pans out to a governance level at some point. So my focus is really on myself, my close knit community, my friends, my family and the people in my own backyard. I don't I'm like all for people trying to go out and spread adoption in different states and different countries but I am kind of hunkered down in Austin right now, and, and I, I believe that a handful of places that just kind of show that it works and show that it can actually take hold uh, sends that message out to the rest of the world. So at this point, I, I, don't, I don't pay attention to any of it. I don't pay attention to the federal government in the U.S. I don't, I don't even really pay attention much to what's going on in Texas. It's like my goal is to create the first city-state, the Citadel City-State of Austin and secede from Texas on a bitcoin standard. So, yeah, I it's that's my answer.
0: Dude, you are in motion. I love it. Hey Paco, yeah. you're going
3: crazy over there. Do you have yeah. thoughts on
0: El Presidente of El Salvador?
3: Dude, I was literally considering today to apply for my for my I don't know citizenship or residency to El Salvador. Cool. I was literally because India starting from tomorrow is taxing 30% on crypto.
0: Oh, don't and I'm
3: not Boo.
0: India is like the anti El Sal. I mean, the, the bureaucracy that goes on there, the confusion, they keep shaking. I mean, you're used to, uh, sorry, you t- take it away. Yeah. Good move. To get, yeah. The least you could do is make sure you never go to India again. I mean, th- that place is mm-hmm. crap. Sorry, it's it, it,
3: yeah, 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 I'm with you on that. So we was just considering that. But I I, I don't, like, Bukelele is, at the end of the day, everybody's a puppet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah, I I I side with Paco on this one.
3: Okay. Yeah, man, I, I'll tell you something really what I really love today morning's news was was uh Putin saying five thousand rubles per troy or per gram of gold and I was like, bring it back, you know. And I am a neighbor of Russia, and I was like, All right, you guys wanna get that t- together to bring back the gold standard to give it another shot. So on a human level, as we were talking about bit gold. And I was like, that is something that was I was really excited about. And for Bukelile, man, it's 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 a talk of the town. Let's see what comes to the Bitcoin conference. So yeah, he'll come down and he'll be clear about it because he's spearheading it, followed by Honduras, Argentina, I guess. Yeah. So. Now, now you,
0: so are you gonna? You're not obviously. You're not gonna be at the Bitcoin conference. Uh, the other two guys are.
3: Will you be watching
0: it at all? Are you, gonna, are you gonna take a
3: yeah. t- take a peek? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely, I would love to watch it. I, I was well, trying you, to come down there.
0: Yeah. You're making a real. I mean, you're going to be having your own Bitcoin conference in Africa during it and and making a real difference uh, while we're partying uh, like rock stars. And and on on that note, Kyle, what exactly are you doing at the uh, Miami Bitcoin conference? I got to read the Miami Bitcoin conference promo, too. I got to do that after Kyle speaks. Sorry. Yeah. I mean, I, I've had a
2: bunch of people reaching out. I, I'm telling all of them the same thing that I said last year before I was even in the space, but I, I feel the same way about it. It's, I only know two things for certain right now, and that those are going to be the only two things that I know for certain until I arrive in Miami. I'm doing beefsteak, and uh, I'm doing my presentation. Otherwise, I'm putting nothing on the calendar in stone. If you reach out to me while I'm there, and I'm not doing anything cool let's kick it but i'm i'm going into miami with a go with the flow kind of unplugged from the work scene i'm just going to network and kick it with plebs and that's really what i'm most excited about that's in my opinion that's the value of this conference is like hearing about meeting and chilling with all the cool people that you don't see on twitter and youtube and everything else all day every day like i didn't watch a single presentation last year and i i don't intend <laughs> to catch any of them this year if i'm being honest
0: Dude, you're on the same page as I am. I, I, you know, I got stuck in there when Ron Paul was rambling on, but I was not in, a media, I, I was not in, a, and, and but, I mean, you could, you know, I'm not partisan here. Biden's senile, so is Ron Paul. Ron Paul is in bad shape too. It's, people couldn't admit, I couldn't believe people, I couldn't believe people couldn't admit his mental decline last year. They worshiped him so much. But um, anyway, going back, I, uh, I, I was in the, I love being just walking around there and meeting people. And it's just that brings me a lot of excitement. I think people who've watched my show for a long time can see where my excitement comes from. You know, when I hear Paco talk about these things, I, I love the insider information. I, I, I can't stand the common news that Coindesk repeats over and over again. I can't stand that China is making this illegal thing. I can't, I can't stand, well, to a certain level, you know, Bukele is king of the world or Max Kaiser is so smart. That, I mean, you know, these things that go on and on and on and never end. I love the unique beast out there. And that's why I love doing this thing with Bitcoin Day too, traveling to places like Sioux Falls. I hope I didn't call it Sioux City before. Sioux Falls and uh, Oklahoma City and everything. So I, I have, you know, I, some people have already booked me to hang out with me. I, I know I'm going to hang out with a, with with Dennis uh, from from Portland, uh, talk some uh, political how we can make uh, Bitcoin a more of a a bigger issue. You know, a one for for voters. I don't like to vote, but if we just all come together and say this is our main issue, we're a one issue voter. That that could make a big. That's Dennis Porter. He's been on the show before. You guys all you guys all know him. He's I, whatever. Find him on Twitter. But yeah, it is. It's going to be great to network, network, network. I think that is. One of the big uh, selling points of this. So I'm going to read you the podcast script one last time, people. I know Bitcoin 2022 is the largest Bitcoin event ever that takes place April 6th to 9th. That's freaking next week in Miami Beach, Florida. And by the way, guys, I've never been to Miami Beach in my life. I've been to Miami, but I've never crossed that bridge because hey, it costs money and i didn't feel like it, and i don't need to see that touristy stuff but i got for this i gotta do it next week gotta do all four days will be packed with exclusive content exciting announcements and an incredible lineup of expert bitcoin speakers and leaders day one day one is industry day for those who are looking to build a bitcoin business or career that's for you big spenders out there that want to you know meet all the superheroes of bitcoin that own billion dollar businesses and, you know, others, day two and three, are general conference days. We're all going to be there That those days. The three, the three of us, a pocket will be in uh, Africa. Uh, featuring speakers like El Salvador, El Presidente, Nayib Bukele, who we just talked about, who's promoted a big surprise, U.S. Senator Cynthia Loomis of Wyoming, who's going to be there. Uh, thought leaders like Jordan Peterson, that's going to be pretty awesome, isn't it? And hang on, I lost my uh, track there. Uh, Yeah, Michael Saylor, everybody worships, Elizabeth Sale, Elizabeth Stark, Jack Mallers, Adam Back, hundreds more. The conference caps off with the world's largest, uh, the world's first and largest Bitcoin music festival. That'll be on uh, Saturday. And it's headlined by all these people I don't know. It's three times larger than last year. It sold out last year. It's going to be like 30,000 people there. Use the Adam 10 discount code for 10% off. And yeah, I, I read the entire thing. That's the last time I gotta read it, dudes. All right, let me see what other stories we gotta cover because we gotta get out of here. We're at the we, we're at the hour mark. Um, yeah, that's it. All right, we'll we'll talk about uh Paco. Give us your final words. T- tell us some stuff you want that you've been doing. Um, how people can reach out to you. Anything, anything. The floor is yours. You know, you're, you're, you know, because you, you gotta spread the word. People, more people gotta find out about you
3: all right uh first of all thank you so much for having me on the show uh thank you so, uh, 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 what you can do is like if you give someone a car the person will drive it if you give that person eric's ex- live, live
2: streaming, is streaming is awesome
3: yeah all right uh so as i was saying like so give some person that some bitcoin so the person can get that bitcoin and do their research about it uh, you can follow my journey on Ra- twitter run with bitcoin or on youtube channel it's called Pakodela de la india uh, thanks to the entire bitcoin family around the world i'm really excited to go to austin now because he's just only really cool tough uh, uh thanks to you all that this journey is possible because it's purely crowdfunded campaign so it's the website is called support.runwithbitcoin.com so if we can partner up or if we can do something to keep this journey going and spreading the word of satoshi nakamoto Namaste.
0: You're you're doing amazing on the ground work out there. I hope you can make it to Austin in America one of these days. Um, I don't know what insane restrictions we'll still have then, or what insane restrictions we still have now for a person who has your uh, your uh, what's it called your
3: visa, your
0: passport. I don't know what you're (laughs) saying. All all sorts of crazy rules. I don't know. How many passports do you have? You've got a couple,
3: right? (laughs) I've lost. I've lost two, damage for one, so I'm like kind of in a situation.
0: Oh my! The, the joys of traveling around the world, Viva! By my, my Lord. Okay, let's 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 go let's go to Austin and, and Kyle real quick. T- tell us some insider information about Kyle, uh, about Austin. Anything you want to share?
2: Well, firstly, Paco, when you arrive, man, reach out. We'll make sure you have a good time. Um, what we're doing. Probably the easiest way to reach me is Twitter at the underscore Bitcoin underscore bum. If you are a developer looking to build cool projects and want to get plugged into the best Bitcoin building ecosystem on planet Earth, move to Austin. Reach out to us at pleblab.com. We're always looking for wizards crafting magic stuff with their magic code. So, uh, yeah, and then we'll see you in Miami.
1: All right. Dude.
0: All three of these guys are linked to below. A reminder. Also, I forgot to say I uh, linked to below. It says watch this tweet of mine. It's a little 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 summary of the uh, the the proof of stake uh, attack on, on Bitcoin. The the proposed energy fud stuff. It's it's a real quick two minute one. All right, Eric, you got you got the final word, word here. Amanda, uh, what are you doing? Any anything you want to add uh, to, to the story here? You, you got to have something uh, something to promote, but.
1: Yeah. I mean, look, I'm not going to really like promote anything, but everybody watching, if you're, you know, new to this space, if you're in, like, I think uh, since I've been involved, the number one thing was, um, you know, just pursuing your curiosity in the space and really, really diving all the way in. So I encourage anybody listening to also do that. It's, uh, there's a lot of purpose in this area.
0: All right. Short for sweet, baby that's it dudes there are no more topics to cover I, I don't think there are at least uh i'm not gonna check my notes i'm adam meister of bitcoin meister disrupt meister subscribe to the channel pound that like button i'd say shabbat shalom i'll say shabbat shalom uh, tomorrow is friday but it's not uh, usually we do this show on a friday that is it i had no idea what i'm going to do with another show and because of that i feel awesome i feel free i made a commitment to bitcoin magazine to do these shows every week I did these shows every week. I've got conviction, um, but I, I'm, I'm really gonna love not doing these shows. <laughs> you guys can find me on Twitter, I'll do short little videos and stuff. Who knows when you're gonna see me again? Well, you'll see me in person, definitely, in Miami this next week, all over the place. Look for me running on the streets of Miami, and uh, then I'll be in South Dakota, I'm doing the Bitcoin Day Tour. I'll be in your city, Denver, Charlotte, who knows? where We're traveling all around the place. So I just want to thank these guests. You, you're on a very special show. This is going to be the last for a while. So you're a unique beast. And I'm really proud of bringing you. These guys have never been on my show before. And I tried throughout this, uh, you know, doing these shows for Bitcoin Magazine. I never brought you a repeat guest. I brought on so many new people. I love bringing new names out there to the general public to all you guys and i know most of you want to see naked women and fancy sets and graphics and want to see the same people over and over and over again but for the 20 center 20 percenters who have brains i really hope i made you think because i brought i brought on people who i thought were smart people who i respected people who were different people who who were unique beasts and I, I'm serious about that. I know I'm a funny guy. I make all sorts of jokes. I'm pretty wild out there and stuff. But there, there is a method to my madness, and I think some of you know it. And for those who appreciate it, thank you very much. Everybody, have a great weekend. Have a great conference. And we will see. You, I will see you in person soon. Online, who knows? But real life is real life. Go outside every day. Don't be a fear monger. You know, that's what we are. We're the opposite of that here in the unique piece space. See you later. Thanks a lot, guys. And, and guess you rocked it. We are off air. All right. Give me uh